Hello and welcome to another edition of the PHNX D-Backs podcast live from Four Peaks 8th Street Pub. I am your mayor of PHNX and maybe the mayor of Four Peaks. We'll see if I can Just arrange for that. Today. Just, Just for, for today. today. Uh, of course, I'm Derek Montilla. This guy next to me, he's the Thunderstick and my vice mayor, the one and only Jesse Friedman. Hall of Fame day. Hall of Fame day. Came, came and went. Yeah, it came and went and was as unimpressive as advertised, I feel like. You but were unimpressed? I was unimpressed. I was unenthused, Jesse. I was unenthused. But, of course, this show is brought to you by the fine folks at the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's top-rated sportsbook app. And, yes, let's get into it. Our man, Scott Rowland, uh, former Philadelphia Philly, former St. Louis Cardinal, gets the call to the hall and is the sole inductee for this year's Hall of Fame class outside of the, uh, the uh, what is it, the uh, Contemporary Baseball Era Committee adding Fred McGriff, right? So yes. they essentially go in together. But uh, Scott Rowland is the only one inducted via vote. So uh, what are your thoughts on, on Rowland and his career? Eight-time Gold Glove winner. I'm a big I'm a big Scott Rowland guy personally. Yeah. Um, Scott Rowland is one of those sabermetric darlings. He really uh, honestly. is. He really is. And Jeff Kent's mad about that, by the way. So he's yeah, mad at I'm you sure, about that. I'm sure he is. <laughs> but but I mean, you look at these numbers that Scott Rowland put up over his career, and I I think he's a pretty clear Hall of Famer personally. He's not you know he's not what Adrian Beltre is going to be next year. He's not like that no doubt kind of a guy. I yep. acknowledge that, but. I mean, 70 wins above replacement, according to baseball reference. That's a really big number. That is. If a guy with 70 war doesn't make the Hall of Fame, something has probably gone wrong other than, I guess, there's the whole steroid conversation with a number of those guys. But um, Fair. my biggest comp with Scott Rowland is this guy named Nolan Arenado, who I think a lot of oh. people view as being a complete, no-doubt Hall of Famer if he continues on the career trajectory that he's currently on. Absolutely. Scott Rowland has a career OPS plus of 122. Nolan Arenado, career OPS plus 124. Offensively, very, very, very similar. Scott Rowland, probably the best third base of his era in baseball. Nolan Arenado, arguably the best third baseman of his era um, as we stand right now. So I think those two players actually are, are very close comps to each other, and no one's questioning whether Nolan Arenado should be a Hall of Famer if he continues on the trajectory he's on right now. I think the big thing there is Scott Rowland just lacks some of the accolades that people like to see. So like you said, statistically, it makes sense. He had a, a tremendous career, and he was a value wherever he was, no matter if it was Philadelphia, uh, St. Louis, or even later in his career, he still put up damn good numbers in Cincinnati. Yeah. Numbers that the Diamondbacks would happily take from a third baseman right now. I will say that. Yeah, they would. Yeah, they, they'd you take 38-year-old Scott Rowland they, right I, now. I, I, I would take would. I would take it. He was an all-star, right? Let's go. But, I mean, I also think that there's something to be said about uh, the Baseball Hall of Fame. Having a lot of people in it that when you start comparing and you start kind of splitting hairs with some of these guys especially on this year's ballot where there's not there's not a clear-cut there's not clear-cut favorites there's Alex Rodriguez obviously though that we believe belongs in the hall and a lot of people do obviously there are some that are very much against that because of uh, you know I guess accusations about performance enhancing drugs his way and other things that yeah. that he's experienced in his career but still a, a stellar baseball career nonetheless it, it just gets very hard when we start you know Get digging down into it and, and basically saying people who aren't champions or didn't, you know, weren't a multiple time MVP or whatever don't deserve to be uh, in the in in the Hall of Fame. He's, he's a multiple time all star, multiple time gold glove winner. And he was one of the best third basemen in the game, period. Uh, that's yeah. that's one thing I remember. I remember when he went to the St. Louis Cardinals and how like I was kind of just frustrated with that, because much like the Cardinals team now, it seemed like back then there was just this gravitation towards St. Louis and there was just always going to be 
in 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 the Cardinals organization this ability to kind of re-up, you know, and, and get that yeah. next big guy to come in and fill in for the guy kind of walking away or whatever at yeah. the time. So I mean, they've, they've certainly replaced Albert Pujols there yeah, with, for with sure. a decent, decent first baseman. Yeah, so they got him a, a few years. <laughs> took him a few years. But um, I, I think just looking at, at the ballot results as a whole, Scott Rowland barely got in, frankly. He, he really did. 76.3%. Uh, yep. You need, of course, 75%. I think that's a five-vote margin. So literally... Five ballots was the difference between Scott Rowland getting in and not getting in this year. Todd Helton, our friends over at DNVR Rockies, I know they're they're disheartened. Yeah, uh, our condolences they, to Patrick Lyons. Our and condolences, seventy-two point two percent. But I think you feel really good about him getting in next year. Uh, Larry Walker, of course, eventually made it in uh, with the Colorado Rockies, and he was not at the pace that that Todd Helton currently is at. So. Uh, a lot of times this isn't just about like who got in this year. It's also about who projects to get in in the coming years. And Todd Helton is definitely in that category. But it's silly, right? Like it almost feels based on what writers and, and no offense, Jesse is a baseball writers association of America writer. Uh, you but throw, you, guys, you throw in shade. You, you, throw guys, shade you guys right are a bunch there. of clowns is what I'm telling <laughs> you right here, right now to your face. No, what I'm saying is I don't is personally that, have a vote yet. So yet. You can't call me a clown yet. yet. All right. In Did 10 years, in 10 years, maybe you could. The audacity, <laughs> the unmitigated goal of this man to say, I don't have one yet. Uh, no, my point being is that it almost feels like at times they want, you know, you can't be a first ballot hall of famer unless you had this, acclaimed career so we got to get you in maybe on your sixth time on the ballot maybe on the seventh time you got to know your yeah. role and your place in baseball history you ain't a one-time or two-timer we know we got to right. get you back right. that part of it is so silly to me it it's really like is if, if we know todd helton's going to be a hall of famer can we just put him in the hall of fame yeah, now? i'm just like, saying what, what like, exactly they're like yeah you know what we got we need three more votes to get him in but uh he doesn't deserve it this year this is scott Rowland's year like i don't know there's something to be said about Especially this particular group, you have a, a lot of guys that were very, very good baseball players. Yeah. But outside of one or two, there are a few standouts here where you can ultimately say, this guy fully belongs in. However, you know, even with those guys that fully belong in, there, there's an argument to be made, like I said about A-Rod, uh, about other factors, you know, kind of tarnishing his legacy as far as a baseball player that deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. If you just went based on Alex Rodriguez's career without any, any outside you know, interference there, he would be a first time, you know, first ballot Hall of Famer by far, in my opinion, yeah. you know, but uh, we have this thing where guys got to know their place. Todd Father gets snubbed, but it, like you said, he'll get it next year. He'll get in. I um, think Billy Wagner, he took an enormous step forward this oh, year. Yeah, I think absolutely. Billy Wagner's on, on a trajectory to get there. He was at 68.1%, so so pretty, pretty close on his has a really his Has a really good chance to get in next year. Uh, he also sent out a tweet about it, but at least uh, we think he did. I don't know for sure because there's no way to tell if this image, uh, this tweet right here is actually him. Uh, it's basically <laughs> just, uh, I mean, there, there, it's, a gray, it's a gray image. There's some, uh, I, it might be him. I don't know. the. It looks like it might be him. <laughs> I have no way of telling if this image is actually him or not. So, uh, again, this is the importance of blue check marks and such on Twitter, Jesse. <laughs> uh, you can't have a, a faceless uh, profile and expect me to believe this is the man. However, uh, credible sources tweeted that out, so I'm sure that's actually him. I don't know. 
Can, like I, I, can I do a little, little 20, 2024 Hall of Fame preview here real, real quick? That's pretty crazy, but sure, if you want to uh, get... I'm, I'm going to go a little crazy this entirely, with it. We've done entirely too early predictions all offseason long, so what's another one? I'm not necessarily... Me, I mean, I guess I can make this a prediction. Adrian Beltre should be a no-doubt first-time Hall yeah, of Fame. I that, agree. That should not, we should not be wasting our time with that next year. Uh, Joe Maurer also joins the ballot next Ooh, year. Another guy um, that probably I, deserves to be in right away. I grew up kind of... a. Uh, um, I had a soft spot for the Minnesota Twins growing up. My mom's side of the family is from Minnesota, so uh, we were all big Joe Maurer fans growing up. And uh, I, I think he, I mean, he definitely is going to be in the Hall of Fame um, eventually. It's just a question of whether it's a first-time thing or whether it takes him a couple years to get there. Uh, those are the biggest names. Chase Utley also will join the ballot next year. He's another guy who might take him maybe a couple of years, but I think he has a really strong case as well. All right. Well, and I will say that not everybody is happy about, obviously, the vote. Uh, Jeff Kent, as we talked about earlier, falls off the ballot. Uh, he will still most likely make it into the Hall of Fame based on the Contemporary Baseball Era Committee uh, voting him in. But that doesn't change him being mad about it. Uh, Jeff Kent's very mad. He's mad at analytics. He's mad at the stats you brought up earlier that validates <laughs> Scott Rowland's, uh, you know, uh, uh, nomination. I feel like he also is just kind of mad because... You know, on on paper, uh, in some ways, he feels like he's a better player than Scott Rowland, and here he is not even, you know, falling off the ballot, not getting that that nomination. Yes, he'll probably get in, but it, it does still feel like a slight when you didn't get in based on, you know, the voting, you know, the voting committee. Yeah, yeah, it absolutely does. It, it is it is a little bit silly, I think, that we have to go through those alternative channels at times. Uh, Jeff Kent, I mean, you look at the numbers, and I think he has a he has a pretty compelling case. So hopefully the, the ERA committee is able to get that one right. Yeah. Well, on the other end of the spectrum, away from Hall of Fame, as probably as far away from Hall of Fame uh, and news as you can get, uh, Mike Clevenger uh, has been reportedly accused of domestic violence and child abuse. Uh, and I think the it's a hard, hard left turn. It's a hard. I took a hard left <laughs> turn there. I, I don't know how else to get into it, but it's kind of news that just came out over the last 24 hours. And it's information that obviously is not uh, not good for uh, baseball, not good for Clevenger. I think the bigger problem here is that uh, this was reported by his wife in the summer of 2022. And nothing was really done about it and nothing. I, I don't know if this information was disclosed, but he did land with a new baseball team in the Chicago White Sox. Uh, and it just doesn't seem right considering, you know, that we are trying to do everything we can to rid the sport of of people that do things that kind of disqualify them from earning the right to play Major League Baseball. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is also bad for the White Sox. I mean, they're the team that just signed this guy, right? right. And, and you already have, you know, news like this coming out. It really sucks for a guy who hasn't even thrown an inning for your team yet. So. Did, you, did you do your due diligence? Was there information passed along to you about this? Was this something that you just, you know, kind of bypassed on? or, or yeah. You know, no matter what, like you said, for the franchise, for the organization, as far as the White Sox goes, it doesn't look good either way. Either you, you ignored this information or you were unable to discover it. And I mean, I get that that's not something that, you know, you can easily find out. However, I feel like if his wife already brought this to Major League Baseball's attention, that this should have been something that internally, at least, they were aware of. Yeah, I mean, if you read the, you know, the ESPN article behind this is written by Alden Gonzalez. You know, there's, of course, it says Mike emphatically denies the accusations made by Miss Feinstead. He has never harmed Miss Feinstead or his daughter, attorney Jay 
Reisinger said. So, you know, it, obviously there's there's some legal matters to be taken care of here at this point. We're kind of in the early stages of that. Sure. But it's never good for, you know, obviously a player or an organization to have this kind of news come out. And these situations get really messy, right? Even if it is just, you know, accusations being thrown out there. That can have a really big impact, right? I mean, Trevor Bauer. You're, you're, like you're guilty by public opinion, basically, at that point, right? Yeah. And I think that's the reason why, you know, in the past, even though it seemed like teams were covering this kind of thing up, I feel like really what it was about was investigating it before it became public knowledge so that way someone doesn't necessarily get villainized over accusations that may not be true. Yeah. However... Uh, according to the accus accusations, he threw chewing tobacco at, at his at his child, and I mean that right there, that right there alone is enough for me to kind of be disgusted with you as a human being. Even yeah. though that's no, that's not actual physical abuse or anything, but that's still just something that really, really is just awful. And I mean, there's yeah. probably nuances to this, like you said, the he's he's denying the accusations and. Uh, again, even if he does end up like Trevor Bauer, like not throwing these two things together, but like Trevor Bauer not actually being committed of a crime, there still is the the court of public opinion that he, uh, you know, a player, an athlete, somebody that's in this kind of eye has to deal with. Yeah. Uh, even should they be found, you know, not guilty of any actual, you know, crimes or anything like that. Yeah. I mean, the White Sox made a, a substantial investment in, into Mike Clevenger. I mean, he's, you know, he was one of the, one of the bigger name uh, pitchers on the market, obviously, had a you know a down year last year with San Diego and has dealt with some injuries the last couple of years. But not that long ago, Mike Clevenger was one of the best young starters in baseball, and the White Sox were, you know, very much relying on him to come back and and be more that guy for them next year. So this just muddies that process for them in a big way. I don't want to say something controversial because I know you hate that. I know you Jesse hates when I do anything like this, but I just want to say <laughs> there was something a bit unhinged about him and his reaction to Bob Brenly saying yeah, what he said. The D-backs do have a history here. With yeah. Clevenger, right? Yeah. And especially, like, just kind of being overtly aggressive. And I'm not trying to connect the dots there between these accusations and him, but there's times where you're like, bro, you're really picking a fight with Bob Brenly? Like, I get what he's saying, and I get that he wants to defend himself, but I can't imagine somebody that has, you know, a pitching motion like Clevenger doesn't get that yeah. from every away team you know broadcaster all the time like I, I imagine that his odd delivery is something that he would be used to people kind of talking about or picking on him about and and he had a very aggressive response in retaliation to Brenly's you know commentary yeah. during a game and I mean he did yeah, yeah wrong Brenly's old and I get it but I mean it's just one of those things that goes to show you like at times it's like there was something about that at the time that seemed like you're you're just you're approaching this in way too angry of a way. This is baseball. Just kind of relax a little bit, you know. Yeah. Uh, so it, I see where you're coming from. Yeah. I see where. I mean, it's yeah. hard. You can't really connect those dots. And that's like, what I wasn't trying really, to say but. that. But I'm saying, as far as our connection to Clevenger, we've had experience with him being very angry unnecessarily about something that really didn't seem to be. Yeah. Uh, that that didn't call for that level of of aggression about it. You know what I mean? But. Uh, I mean, honestly, baseball really has something here to, to investigate. And I think that the bigger investigation might be, you know, taking a look at accusations that were provided to you months and months ago uh, and that nothing was actually done about it or, 
you know, if I'm the White Sox, I, I might be pretty upset if this wasn't disclosed to me that this was something brought to Major League Baseball's attention before we invested yeah. all of this money in, in this athlete. You yeah, know? yeah. Um, but anyway, we're, we're going to turn things up from here. Sorry to get down on it, but of course <laughs> it's news. we got to talk about it. We're out here at Four Peaks Brewing Company. We're having a great time. Uh, I am dressed entirely too warmly. I got long johns on under these sweatpants. Uh, this is a dual layer here. I had a jacket. It's not nearly that cold out here. It's a beautiful day out here at Four Peaks Brewing Company. I brought like Company. extra layers in my backpack. And he did. Surprisingly, I didn't actually Yeah, need he that, didn't. So. He didn't think his PHNX shirt would <laughs> see the light of day. I brought a winter jacket. Uh-huh. Me too. I did too. I brought, I brought a hoodie with another jacket and I'm another jacket. I'm wearing a fleece and I brought a winter coat. I brought gloves and I brought a hat. <laughs> she dressed, I'm she dressed for Montreal. I'm is literally what she from for. Canada. I'm embarrassed. <laughs> Uh, okay, so Leah has lived here too long. That's the that's the conclusion that we've just made. But we're having a great time out here at the 8th Street Pub. We appreciate Ford Peaks Brewing Company uh, inviting us out, having us out here for their great beers. I am drinking a delicious wow wheat. We can't see this guy. I, he snuck up on me from behind. What do you got there? Some pizza? Hello, sir. What is it? That looks great. It's oh. called West Philadelphia Born and Raised. Oh, on the playground is where I spent most of my days. Well, see, this is the kind of this is the kind of fun we can be having. You guys could be out here. Uh, we have the new Recreational Juice Dank IPA, Staycation Super Juicy IPA. There, uh, that one is on tap. The Recreational Juice, so popular. Already, already tapped that keg, but there are some bottles if you want to grab some. Not to mention the Super Bowl is right around the corner, and what better place to spend it than right here at Four Peaks? Enjoy a nice Four Peaks beverage during the game. They'll have the games on. Uh, beautiful place to have uh, a party, maybe. Invite your friends. Everybody meet up here. Uh, that's what I do with my friends. We, we have parties, but not at anybody's house. We just find a place to meet up at and do that thing. So, uh, again, thank you to Four Peaks for having us. Uh, beers are delicious, and of course, you should be having them too with us right now. We got three dollar Wow Wheat and Kilt Lifter pints. So if it's you come an out here, deal. It's, a genuinely it's, it's, a, insane it's an deal. insanely yeah, it's an insanely good deal. Um, another insanely good deal is getting yourself a PHNX Diehards membership over at gophnx.com. Of course, you guys know you're going to get Jesse's Diehard only pieces. Craig is over there, his diehard only pieces as well. Gerald's somewhere. He's not here yet, but he'll be here. Uh, get all of their wonderful writing. He's asking me questions now. You get un, uh, merch, free merch from the phnxlocker.com. You also get merch just for diehards only. I got that jacket on the way. I could have used it today. Maybe I wouldn't have worn so many layers, but who knows. Um, uh, you have all sorts of benefits, though. Make sure to join us for these events. Get discounts. Get uh, diehard only invites to events so much more so make sure to grab yourself a diehards membership over at gophnx.com well jesse we talked at one point about the arizona diamondbacks maybe selling a minority share in the franchise to somebody yeah. right uh but at the time we brought up that the los angeles angels at the time were the team everybody was looking to get sold and moved under uh owner art moreno uh but citing unfinished business he ain't done yet he ain't done yet uh, Art Moreno has decided that his team is no longer for sale. The Los Angeles Angels are off the market, uh, and a change of heart that shocked the industry and surprised a lot of people in the organization that thought they were going to see an ownership change. Uh, Moreno originally purchased the Angels from this guy, Mickey Mouse, uh, a.k.a. the Walt Disney Company, in 2003 for uh, $183.5 million. Now, here's what upsets me, Jesse. 2003 wasn't that long ago. Like, that's uh, 20 years ago. If my calculations are correct, you might yeah. want to check the math on that for me. But uh, yep. uh, that wasn't that long ago to purchase a franchise, not only for less than, like, half a million or a billion, but to 
to, to, to purchase it for $183.5 million. Uh, the Angels were last valued by Forbes in March of 2022 at $2.2 billion, with a B, dollars, uh, and was reportedly going to sell uh, for $2.5 billion before Moreno backed out. It's insane. It's an insane amount it's of money. It's a lot of money. Imagine making essentially $2.3 billion in profit uh, for your investment over the course of 20 years. I think that's a pretty damn good It's a pretty decent return on investment. your investment. I, I'm a little bit baffled by... Moreno's statement, he said, during this process, it became clear that we have unfinished business and feel we can make a positive impact on the future of the team and the fan experience. I don't understand during this process. Like, if you if you already were in a place where, you know, if you were in a place where you where you didn't think that you had unfinished business, that you weren't able to, you know, bring the angels to the place that you ultimately wanted them to be, what would have happened during the selling process that would have led you to think otherwise? Like, I, I don't know. It, it doesn't seem like it was the amount of money that they could get for it. It didn't seem like it was being undervalued. You know, two and a half billion dollars or whatever the price would have been is a pretty decent amount of money and north of that Forbes evaluation that you talked about. So I don't understand. This just seems like kind of an empty statement to try to mask the fact that Moreno just decided he didn't want to sell after all. Well, and I think it is, but I think it's an emotional statement. I think it's something that comes from the heart, right? Uh, I'm a big wrestling fan, and I know a lot of people know who Vince McMahon is. And right now, Vince McMahon, uh, he, he was the guy that basically made WWF slash WWE into the corporate juggernaut that it is. And eventually that corporate juggernaut grew so big that it kind of overtook him and, and bypassed him. And I think in my mind, a guy like him still sees that giant corporate entity as being his family business and that he wants to get it back under his control. Sure. And there's efforts right now on his part to do so. I think that might be what happened here with Art Moreno. I think that there is something to say about owning, uh, you know, something like this for 20 years of franchise and really not viewing it as, as an investment any longer, not viewing it as something that you were trying to put your money into to make some money out of and hopefully one day you would go live on a beach and not ever have to worry about baseball ever again because you'd be rich from the money you made off of it and that all is very very true for him right now yeah it's like it bypasses that and consumes you to a point where you feel like you are part of that thing and you don't possibly have an identity any longer without being the quote unquote owner of this baseball team like that's People make their careers into their identities, and I think that an owner can do the same, right? You become so attached to the organization, and you wanted to just, you just wanted that one more World Series ring. You just wanted to not have them, like, not leave them in the gutter, kind of the way the Angels are as far as in the basement of their division and things like that, right? Like, yeah. you kind of want to leave them in a better place, maybe, or maybe just get that one more championship and swing for the fences before you you head off into the head off into the sunset. I mean, it's not it's not like a one more chance. I mean, it's not like the Angels have had all the success. No, no, I know. Like. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> they, they want that championship that they've never you know, he's never been able to get. Right. I mean, that's part of it is there's something to be said about um, having that, you know, that desire to at least do it one time or whatever. He's 76 years old. You know, he, he doesn't you know, he, he yeah. he's at a point now where if you're being if I'm being honest, he's just. Uh, he, he should he should walk away. You know, he should he should do this. But baseball teams are ridiculously overvalued. And honestly, by keeping it for a few more years uh, and we're going to talk about this because we, we, we have to talk about the value of this. But before we get into the value <laughs> of this, I do want to just just clarify something. And this actually came 
from our friend at the Arizona Diamondbacks, uh, Casey Wilcox. Uh, he sh he imparted this little bit of of wisdom on me. Oh, here we go. Yeah, and he told me, "Do you know the difference?" between a million seconds and a billion seconds, because at the time we were talking about millionaires and billionaires. You know, you hear that with, with owners versus athletes, yeah, the war right. of millionaires versus billionaires. Right. But a million seconds, Jesse, is 12 days, but a billion seconds is 31 years. 31 so there's years. A, there's a bit of a difference there. There's quite a bit of difference <laughs> there. And if you equate that financially to money, there's also a big difference there as well. So. I mean, obviously, this man uh, could walk away with $2.3 billion in profit. But something we do around here, something new that we're trying out, is we talked about doing uh, just putting ordinary objects through arbitration. Uh, and today, it's no ordinary object, but we are going to put the Los Angeles Angels franchise through arbitration in another edition of Arbitration Conversation. All right, Jesse. So here's my thought: is uh, obviously the big discussion here. This is, one is utterly impossible. This one's just a nightmare <laughs> to figure out. But I think the thing that we should focus on here is: should Art Moreno pass up on a 2.3 billion dollar profit? Um, I'm going to make the argument for yes, and the reason why is as I've stated before: I feel like there needs to be separation between you and something like this, and you need to see the point of doing it was so that you would have a time in your life where this franchise that's still kind of a job is no longer part of your life, where you can move on. You can go to Costa Rica and just sit on a beach with no agenda. You could buy a one-way ticket to Thailand, just like Cliff Kingsbury, and nobody will question Wait, it. So, so you're making the case that he should sell I'm making the sell that he should sell it now. Okay, and that's okay, because okay. he's 76 years old, he's still a good-looking dude, and my man needs to go be out there enjoying life and not sitting in an owner's box for 81 games a year worrying about things like concession sales and players that they're going to bring back fair. and and all those little things that an owner actually has to have meetings about and 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 make decisions on this man has done it for 20 years and he can walk away with a 2.3 billion dollar profit there's few things in life you can't do with 2.3 billion dollars <laughs> there's and basically nothing in life there's you nothing you can't do without the much that much money and that's not even his only gig buy the, buy the phoenix suns that's, yeah, exactly. that's like the only thing you right can't do. right you could buy a minority ownership in it maybe but art moreno was born in tucson arizona so he he is one of ours and i am trying to look out for him i don't know is someone born in tucson one of ours eh, yeah that's a good point he makes a good point but uh, i will say that uh, i really think that at this point you, you start getting to a point where it's like yeah he could have more money yeah he could wait and probably sell it in another 10 years but Enjoy your life, man. Enjoy your life and yeah. move on. Let the organization take a different direction. Don't feel like you, at the end of the day, are the end-all, be-all of, of an organization, their trajectory, and, and, and their future. You know, just it's time to bid adieu, take your money, and go enjoy life. Yeah, I mean, from a, like, so I, have to, I do have to acknowledge from an Angels fan perspective— the Art Moreno should sell, right? Like, I mean, he has not done a good job leading that franchise. There's Very no true. question about that. So from a baseball standpoint, from an Angels fan perspective, yes, I think Art Moreno should absolutely sell. You're not helping your case. For the purposes of our little arbitration conversation debate. Wait, I made him do this, by the way. He doesn't <laughs> want to take this side. There is a case to be made, and this is something that I've kind of heard around the industry, that given the state of the economy right now and the fact that a lot of people are fearing a recession, which we may or may not already kind of be in the middle of, you're not necessarily going to get the most for your investment if you sell right now, right? Um, that's just the nature of the economy and kind of where 
the U.S. is right now is that investors are more wary of paying big dollar amounts for things like baseball teams, right? Billions if, and billions of dollars for an franchise yeah, investment like you this. Have to, you have to remember that these investors don't just have all this money sitting in cash in a bank account that they can just pull out <laughs> at any time. Their money is Well, in, Disney does, but not Di- everybody yeah, else Yeah, maybe does. Disney does. But you have to remember that, you know, the vast majority of their assets are going to be in the stock market. They're going to be in investments, the kinds of things that in this particular season of our economy are very volatile and, and you know you're prone to losing substantial amounts of money in a small amount of time right now so from a pure business standpoint i think you know maybe this isn't the best time to sell your franchise yeah. so that that's the argument that i would make well and i will say this the one thing right now about the ridiculous and again why i don't know why we're helping each other's cases here but <laughs> the re- this is a much friendlier debate yeah, than, this the arizona one, than the Ice arizona Ice Tea. Tea. we still hate each other <laughs> over the fucking arizona Ice Tea. but i will say this that uh you know, there, there's something to be said by how fast the value is rising on these, right? 183, 184 million for argument's sake 20 years ago, and now it's 2.5 billion. What's yeah. it going to be worth in five years? Probably over 3 billion, maybe even over 3.5. Who yeah. knows? I mean, the, the, the value is increasing at such an exponential rate, not to mention the fact that the value is there and the money that they're making back from these franchises at times. So it's, it's, a, it's a worthwhile investment. How can you not look at Art Moreno's investment of $183 million and selling it for 2.5 and not think, oh, my God, this is – why wouldn't I get in on this, right? This is an incredible opportunity, and I don't foresee in the near future – the value of sports franchises going down. It's just it's yeah. not really going to happen. No. Like you said, it, it just might not be the best time to sell. It might be one of those situations where you have your house, you want to sell your house, but hey, wait maybe two years and you would be amazed that you might be able to get like double of what you could get now in two years, even though it's that short of a time frame. Yeah. It's just based on the market and how things bounce back. But uh, I will say that, of course, my biggest thing is we're not here for a long time, Jesse. We're here for a good time. And that's what I want Art Moreno to go out and do. Have himself a good time. Enjoy life. I'm sure he's living it up. I'm sure being a <laughs> baseball owner isn't the hardest thing in the world. Angels fans want nothing more than for Art Moreno, for Art Moreno to, to ride exactly off into the sunset. And, yeah. And I do I do feel bad, man, for Angels fans who were I mean, like like I can speak to this as a Suns fan, right? I mean, Robert Sarver, obviously, there's been a lot of a lot of bad things surrounding Robert Sarver for a number Tons. of years. And there's no question that he had a negative impact on the franchise as a whole. And could you imagine if the sale of the Phoenix Suns had fallen through for some reason, right? It would have been yeah. utterly devastating for Suns fans. And I really feel for Angels fans right now who finally felt like they were on the brink of bringing in, you know, a new ownership group the type of group that maybe would bring back Shohei Otani that would actually invest in the farm system and try to build something more sustainable there. And unfortunately, they're getting, you know, maybe Art Moreno has, you know, some ideas of things he can change. Maybe he has a new plan, but he's going to have to change something because what he has done there has not worked. Maybe maybe he does want to pivot and make this team a winner before he leaves. And, you know, that would be equally great great for for Angels fans, but... I just hope they bring back Shohei Otani. If he sticks around and they don't bring back Shohei Otani, I think that's going to be a very, very tough pill to swallow. Absolutely. I mean, he was never guaranteed to come back in the first place, sure. but that would just accentuate, like, great, we have this owner who's not willing to bring back arguably the best player in baseball. You make a great point, too. If they don't re-sign him, 
there's a good chance Moreno takes the the flack for sticking around, and that's the reason why they there's don't. There's a good chance you know? that Otani plays for a team like the Dodgers, right? Oh, They're, shut up! So, God, I hate <laughs> from a D-backs like perspective, uh, him staying with the Angels would also be a very positive development. He's right. Keep him away from us. Um, I don't. I don't want to root against Otani ever again. I don't ever think I ever life. could. No, yeah. I can't. Yeah, I just can't. But uh, anyway. Uh, thank you guys for sticking with us and rooting for us. We appreciate you guys being here on the PHNX Sports YouTube channel. If you haven't subscribed already, sign up for notifications. That way you don't miss when any of our shows go live. Subscribe. Hit that like button. We appreciate you guys doing that. If you're listening right now on your favorite audio podcasting app, make sure to subscribe there as well. Sign up for notifications or leave us a review. Uh, download the podcast, even if you're watching us on YouTube. Uh, just double dip. You know, we appreciate that. But uh, also leave us a review. We love the feedback as well. Uh, also, Jesse loves your feedback on what furniture he should buy for his house from morefurniture.com. Do. Uh, he still doesn't know what to buy. We're having an argument uh, about it. We're trying to get his brother to get in on this idea to rent out his place for the Super Bowl. Now, this man <laughs> could make up to $25,000 for a week of people staying uh, in, in his place. I don't place. think I could make $25,000. He could make up to $50,000 by having someone <laughs> stay in his place for a week. I've seen the prices around here, Jesse. I'm not. I think uh, I could retire. I, he, I don't think I'd have to have a job never have anymore. to do this show ever again if he just <laughs> rented out his place for a week during the Super Bowl. But what he needs is ideas on what furniture to put in there in the meantime. Because again, as we've talked about, all the chase lounges, it's a big, it's a big turnoff for people on Airbnb and VRBO trying to rent his place. Uh, so give him all the ideas on Twitter, of course, and of course, utilize those ideas to get yourself some new furniture. I was realizing the other day, my. You know, like when you hate to actually admit that your couch is uncomfortable? Like, I think up to that point. Like, it's not like it's a very old couch, but it's just not It's, it's just not, not comfortable. comfortable. I need to go to morefurniture.com and get a new one. So uh, you can do that, too, and say big on the best furniture in the Valley when you head to morefurniture.com and get that white glove delivery service. Make sure to get that uh, and, and, and have it come in style, fancy. Wear a monocle when they're dropping it off. Maybe a tuxedo and a top hat. I don't know. I feel like uh, it should be a very fancy experience when they bring it in with the white glove delivery service. But uh, you can also get white glove delivery service on your game time experience because get over to gametime.com, save yourself up to 60%. And by white glove delivery, I mean waiting until the last minute is what I mean. Procrastinate. Wait until the last minute. Save on tickets. And know, know that you are going to have time to go to these events. Your time is special. His time is special. My time is special. We don't have a lot of time. We don't know. I've like, I'm triple booked on February 24th. I don't even know what show I'm going to go to, but had I waited, I would be able to organize my time better. And uh, you can save up to 60% yourself by procrastinating and waiting to buy your tickets last minute on game time. Uh, save up to 60% on tickets when you buy last minute. The best way to support us is by buying your tickets through the link in the description below. We have breaking news. Sort Maybe. Of. Sort of. Kind of. Unconfirmed. Unconfirmed. Rumors, leaks, <laughs> whatever you want to call it. We discussed yesterday the new uninspired D-back spring training batting practice hat leaked. Uh, but we're going to blame this one on Unawatch.com. Uh, they put out the uh, the they put out everything about this hat, and basically they let us know that this, there was a good chance that not only was this a batting practice hat, but was also most likely the spring training hat. Well, that black and white hat. That ugly hat that a lot of you on Twitter told us how much you didn't like <laughs> uh, may not, in fact, be the hat we thought it was uh, because we were it's sent. Not, it's not the hat. It is a hat that it is, will be available for purchase. It's an actual hat. It's not a fake hat. It's not it's a, a real hat. Someone didn't make this hat up. It's a real hat that really exists. But You just might not see a Diamondbacks player ever actually correct, wearing that. Correct. Hat. Because we were sent this by a source, and we have to ask, is this the real spring training hat for the D-backs. 
Uh, per a source, we were sent this image that appears to be the real spring training hat. And as you can see, uh, it's red. Of course, we know it's not black and white. We know it's much better looking than the black and white thing uh, that they put out there. Uh, it looks very much like last year's hat, Jesse. Uh, but there were a couple of things on this hat. Uh, of course, we don't know. This is unconfirmed. We don't know if this image, uh, we're, not, we're not suggesting this image is fake. This is a very, if it was a fake, this would be a very good fake. This would be a top, this would be a 10 out of 10 Photoshop, Jesse, if it was fake. But uh, if you take a look at some of the details here a little bit, you can see uh, this is, this very much looks like the actual thing. We got, we got the 23 patch over here on the side. It looks like the rubber. As you can see, sticking out there a little bit, we still have the mesh. Um, I, I know you guys are saying same as last year, but last year's did not have a 23 on it. So Yeah, I mean, uh, it could be the same design, but with a 23 on it. Very yeah, much so. Very, very, very um, Also has, as you can see here, the on-field uh, sticker there. That's we're doing some real we're doing some real breakdown and 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 analysis work here <laughs> when it comes to these stickers and these patches. But uh, yeah, again, uh, maybe maybe not a very inspired design, very much like last year's. But uh, you have to admit, after what we uh, posted yesterday better on Twitter, yesterday's. it's a much better thing. Maybe that was the idea. Maybe you leak that first hat first, and then people are the kind low. of yeah, set the bar low, disappointed <laughs> about it. Uh, uh, the Disney D, as some people like to call it, is back, though. I don't hate that because, you know, my name's Derek, and I'm uh, very much happy and in favor of a D logo. But, you know, I don't know. I want to hear your guys' thoughts on this hat. Like you said, it looks very much like last year's, uh, but still I feel like it's it's a step up from what we thought they were going to be wearing. Yeah, it looks like a spring training hat. It just, it just gives off spring training vibes, honestly. It's not... I don't know. You know, it's kind of monochromatic. There's a lot of red in there. There's not a lot of variety of color. But, yeah. but yesterday but we were killing for any color. Yeah, we yesterday trim. we were, Just yeah. give us trim. Give Just us, give us anything. Give us any splash of anything. And, uh, and yeah, I think this is this is better than that. Granted, uh, you know, being pretty much the exact same hat as last year, if that is indeed the case, we're still we don't have official confirmation on this yet. But No official confirmation. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't necessarily have a, a huge problem with it. Although, it, I mean, it'd be nice if they switched it up every every year. That you would know, be kind of fun. You know what's sticking around? Gradient pattern sunburns on bald guy's head. And as a person with a bald spot, I don't appreciate that very much. I'm just saying. I don't think I'm the Diamondbacks have there. a player who is bald. Christian Walker, Jesse. I'm not he, saying yeah, bald. I guess you're, I'm not I guess accusing you're right. him. I'm saying he shaves his head. I'm yeah. saying he keeps it low and tight don't make me have to accuse people of, of having <laughs> you know john cena like hairlines now but anyway uh the the great i still don't understand the purpose of the the mesh in the back i don't yeah. like that i think a lot of people are very much turned off by that it's and, a subpar uh, hat material it just is yeah uh ryan in the comments says why they go away from fitted hats they're still fitted they're just mesh so they're not uh they're not one of those in the back. They're still a fitted hat, but they do inexplicably have, like, the trucker mesh on the back. So yeah, I don't know. I don't have any answers for you when it comes to the decisions that they make. We just try to bring you answers. That's what we try to bring you at least the truth. And as much as we put that out there yesterday and everybody had thoughts on it, uh, it appears like they there's going to at least be some color in their spring training caps. But uh, I tell you guys this before, there's no better way to watch sports than using the Underdog Fantasy app. Not only do you have their daily pickums, and this baseball season we are riding on pitch counts, but you also have their daily fantasy uh, where you can draft your team against five of your friends, and the highest scoring squad that night can win cold, hard cash. Draft six NBA players with no positional limits, and that's it. Whoever scores the most points gets down. Oh, there's a little bit. It's a little porcelain baby. <laughs> uh, but also... Uh, 
see this this thing. I want you. You don't know where this came from. I was going to put it in my beer, and then I thought that was the worst idea I ever came with. Yeah, it's in from a barrel. A little porcelain baby is going to hang out with us, but uh, he does. He this guy right here. He does uh, daily fantasy sports hard. Okay, fine. There you go. Take it back. But uh, it's a woman. <laughs> Sorry. I don't even know what we're doing anymore, but uh, I I love the the underdog app. Shane, bark for us. I don't know if they can hear it, but I wanted some barking anyway. He's going to come with barking. It's this easy to get started. First you bark. Uh, first you bark. You do that. Then you, then you go to underdogfantasy.com. That's not what a dog sounds like. You say that every time, it's but it really not. is. It's some it's some dogs sound like that, Jesse. Leah, do dogs sound like that? Je- Leah, tell them the dogs sound like that, please. Only a dog that has been left alone for a very long time mm-hmm. yeah. is trying to escape. It's yeah. a very distressed dog. It, it is, is kind of it's, distressed. It's, yeah. a, it's a dog that, that went 0 for 4 last night with his picks on Underdog Fantasy. But he can be an overdog, Jesse. He there doesn't have to always be an underdog. Uh, it's easy to get started. Go to underdogfantasy.com. Download the app. Sign up with our promo code of PHNX. Get yourself a free $100. The underdog will match your first deposit up to $100. Uh, and then that money you save, you go to Octane Raceway. Have yourself a blast by racing you know, go-karts against your friends, playing some video games, having a blast. Uh, the go-kart racing, the bowling, the arcade, it's my favorite place to be. Uh, and don't let the people here at Four Peaks hear me say that because I feel like uh, they might take exception to that. But you know what? They don't have pinball here, and they have that over at, at the Mavericks and Octane Raceway. And I get to race. I can't wait till Jacob comes back because that's the first thing we're doing is we're going go-kart racing. <laughs> he beat me thoroughly, and I don't, I don't like that one bit. So uh, I will say this, though. Uh, over at Octane Raceway and Mavericks, you got your your uh, cons- fair share of daily uh, specials. Uh, on Wednesdays, you can get the winning Wednesday half-price arcade games all day long. And of course, what better day to go than that? Uh, the arcade they, games were phenomenal. They were they were just, really great. great they had a blast. Uh, we had a blast. Jesse and I killed zombies. The gun didn't work quite right, but uh, we still we still got. Our <laughs> I think shots that was in. more of a you problem. Than, I don't than think so. Problem. I do not think that was a me problem. But uh, they have Super Bowl packages over there, so make sure to grab one of those. They have an entire spread of food. Different food every quarter. Uh, I the four quarters of food. That just feast, sounds dangerous. It's the it's the sole reason why I want to go. I, I wouldn't even watch the game. I would just be talking and eating the whole time. And then in between, they have this baseball game there at Mavericks that Jesse and I freaking loved. It, it was, was just, incredible. It, it was, was just so like fun. a little like pinball. I don't even know how to describe it. Was like it. pinball baseball. Yeah, sort it was of. so great. It was so great. So watch the big game over at Mavericks with dozens of 4K televisions, a 20 foot jumbotron, 5,000 square foot restaurant, and more. Featuring a chef-curated menu, craft beers, and custom cocktails. Enjoy the Super Bowl experience at Mavericks. Book in advance at mavericks.com slash thebiggame. Well, that's all I got. I'm going to go try to figure out this hat situation because... You've got some more investigative reporting to do. I really need confirmation on this. And also, we need to get... I need to talk to the D-backs manager. I need to go full full Karen and, and have a conversation with the D-backs manager. So, Tori Lavallo... If you're out there, give me a call. We need to talk to you. But uh, you know where to get me. I'm at Twitter. That's where everybody can get me. Uh, I'm at cap underscore caveman with a K. Jesse is at Jesse and Friedman. You think, Are, you think Tori Lovello has a burner account? No, he has multiple burner multiple accounts. Multiple burner sure. accounts? Actually, okay. you know what? When Tori, uh, I told Tori like well past the point I thought we, he, he knew we had a show. And I was talking about our show. And he <laughs> responded with, oh, you have a show? And I said, and I, I literally said, like, Tori. You know, you don't watch us. And he goes, yeah, I, I couldn't watch anything like that. Like, he's like, during the season, like, I can't let you guys get in my head with your talking and your nonsense. You guys know nothing. So uh, I get it. But, of course, uh, you you and your burner accounts can follow us at PHNX underscore D-backs. But, and that's the most important one. 
follow us there. We are like 42 people away from 5,000, and I Getting can't tell close. you how excited I am to hit that milestone. We've got of, lots of lots of things to give away. That's right. we got lots of stuff to give away. Of course, also follow us at PHNX underscore sports on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Uh, we thank you guys again so much for being here. On behalf of Leah, Jesse, and myself, we always appreciate your time. And remember, kids, baseball is fun, but it's so much more fun when your baseball hats don't have mesh in the back.